me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm from there you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures they've got live comedy to small business advice lgbtq friendly to sports vinyl to gutter punk Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> it's two o'clock. You know what time it is when it's 2 o'clock here on MutinyRadio.fm. It's time to talk about God and stuff. Uh, some call me Tim. Some call me Tim here at Mutiny Radio, the show where we talk to people about what they believe in, whether it be God, gods, cats, aliens, conspiracy theories. Yeah. Today's special guest is Billy Sullivan, comedian Billy Sullivan, calling in here at 2 o'clock. Going to talk to him about all things esoteric and fun, weird. Going to have Alessandra in at 3.30. Going to do some tarot card readings. That's going to be exciting. Definitely keeping the six feet distance. I'm behind the glass. She'll be out there talking, doing stuff. Hey, I'm here, down here, MutinyRadio.fm. It's a Wednesday during these crazy COVID times. Wednesday, April 22nd, 2 o'clock. Time stamp it for you. Mutiny Radio, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Some call me Tim. Where, uh, yeah. God talk here. Waiting for Billy Sullivan to give me that call. Definitely distancing because he's on a phone at an undisclosed location somewhere here in San Francisco. Don't go visit him. Don't come visit me. (laughs) Don't visit anybody. Stay in your houses. Keep everybody safe. COVID times, everyone. 415-550-0511. That's the number Billy Sullivan's going to call. And you say, who's Billy Sullivan? Who's this guy? He's comic. It's one of those crazy people that used to tell jokes into microphones before we weren't allowed to do that anymore. (laughs) Anyone else freaking out? Nope, just me. Anyone else going up to captive audiences, i.e. lines outside of Trader Joe's, Gus's, Whole Foods, Safeway, Rainbow, yelling jokes at people? Nope, just me. Cool. Thanks for joining us here at Mutiny Radio, keeping stuff alive. We're still alive. We're still here on the corner of 21st in Florida. Again, don't come down. We're going to be doing a special show just for the neighbors here on Friday, the 24th at 7 o'clock. Going to face all that PA system outside the building and do some live comedy for the neighbors because we care. And it's time to laugh, everyone. Jokes. Got the jokes, folks. You know who's got the jokes? Billy Sullivan. Call in, Billy. 
415-550-0511. And we'll get all this crazy shit started. How are you feeling out there? Are you okay? It's a beautiful day. I keep getting beep beeps, meaning that something's happening. But just give me a call, Billy. 415-550-0511. That would be great. Circle back over here to, to, to my communication station. Where is Billy? And I say, Billy, where are you? I say, Billy, 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 where are you? I say, where are you? And we wait for that miraculous call. Shout out to Pancakes, who says that he's listening. Hi, Pancake. Are you listening? That's so nice. I'm alone down here. And today's the day I decided to, uh, I mean, hey, it's, it's some call me Tim. It's time to talk about God and shit. So I've been drinking wine. I'm drinking the blood of Christ, kids. Did you hear about that new gang in Walnut Creek? Did you hear about it? Bunch of rich kids. They're adamant Christians. And they found a fat kid and they held him down and they force fed him bread saying, this is the body of Christ broken for you. We're breaking you. They got in trouble with the school. Uh, they were drinking wine in the bathroom. Yeah, the gang's name is called the Bloods of Christ. Good joke? Okay joke? Wrote that joke a long time ago. Yay! Jokes, jokes, jokes. Okay. Billy. 415-550-0511. Pancake says he's coming over. He says, I'm coming over. We have live texts showing up here. He's coming over, LOLs. All the laugh out louds. Well, I'd be laughing out loud if Billy Sullivan would call me. Just to lift the veil for people on who Billy Sullivan is. He was not wearing a shirt for our last Zoom. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess he used to be, like, fat when he was little or whatever. And he's got these amazing stretch marks. So he's got, like, this total tight bod. But then he's got these awesome stretch marks. So you know, like, he's lived life. He's been through some shit, right? Hell, yeah been through some shit I got my big scar on my face now I think it's kind of pretty because it looks like I've been through some shit I'm a real person I'm a real girl I'm not a real girl I'm an old lady old lady Benjamin holding it down here at mutinyradio.fm for all the listeners motherfucker Billy give me a call pancake if you're on your way you should give me a call somebody call me I need to talk about God with somebody I've been getting all Buddhist lately. Fucking chanting down the street. Na meo kanji kyo. Na meo kanji kyo. I don't even know what it means. But it takes the same amount of energy to be angry as it does to be helpful. So I've decided I was angry at a friend. And now I've just decided to be hyper helpful. Because it's all the same amount of energy, right? Like it takes the same amount of energy to be sad or to be angry or to be frustrated as it does to be content or to be helpful. Learning life lessons here at Mutiny Radio. 
Billy.fm, 415-550-0511. Billy! Come on, Billy! I'm supposed to be here. I'm not even supposed to be here today. I am supposed to be here today. I'm allowed to be here. Radio is essential. We're all going to be okay. Everybody calm the fuck down. I uh, went to the bank yesterday, two days ago. Yesterday? God, the days just meld together, don't they? I was getting a lot of banking done because of all the issues. Anyway, I was outside of the Chase at Market and 8th, and the security guard said, I'm sorry, we can't let you in without a face mask. And I didn't have a face mask, but I was wearing a button-up sweater with a shirt underneath. So I got on Market Street. I took off my sweater. I took off my shirt, showed everybody my bra. Yes, yes, I did. And then I put my shirt on like a mask, buttoned up my sweater, walked in the bank. No problem. No problem at all. And the security guys wanted to high-five me. They couldn't because we're not allowed to touch. They were like, everyone else yells at us, and you just figured that shit out. Like, hell yeah, bro. Get it done. I need some banking done. I can go home to find a face mask. Some other lady tried to get in, and and they're like, "Uh, you can't come in without a face covering. She's like, and you don't provide them. How dare you? Is this And they're just like, we don't know what to tell you. And I wanted to run outside and say, just put the shirt over your face, lady. All right. Pancake says he's coming down. I've got time here at Mutiny Radio, technically until 6. So you might as well. It's Wednesday. All right. Well, while waiting for uh, Billy's call, Oh, Billy, 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 boy. Billy, 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 Billy. Where are you? Where are you, Billy, 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 Billy? What movie was that from? That feels like an old Billy. That feels like to me that's Billy Madison. Oh, Billy, 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 Billy. What you looking at, Spawn? I am going to play a song that Pancake turned me on to. Um... Because why not? While we're waiting for Billy, you told me you'd call in and now you're not calling in. What am I supposed to do in my life? What am I supposed to do? Huh? Supposed to just fill air? Come on. You think I have interesting things to say for this long a period of time? I don't. Which is why until help comes, we're going to listen to this song.
so What's glad up, you called. You're such a good actor. Do you like how I used your French accent? <laughs> yeah, I I loved it. You did great too. Thanks. Thank I, like I was I was really impressed actually. You oh. got like the. But my favorite part about the French accent is when they go. Uh, oh. Like they like instead of saying uh, they go. Uh. Oh, I am French. I have had very many French friends in the past. Uh, one of my very French friends, his name is. Guy, he is not gay. He is a regular American guy. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, Guy's my God. <laughs> I am not Guy. I am not gay. My name is Guy. I am a regular American guy. Uh, Guy. Guy. Like a fighting Guy. Well, it's G-Y. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so welcome to Some Call Me Tim, Billy. Well, thank you. Yeah, some call, some call Me Tim is the show where we talk about what people believe in and usually you're here in the studio with me and I have you look deep into the eyes of sparkle Jesus and I ask you if you believe in Jesus do you believe in Jesus um you know what I like you said I'm usually in the room with you uh and I know that picture of Jesus and that Jesus happens to be a white Jesus yes he is I don't know how much I believe in the white Jesus I think Jesus may have been a guy but Certainly didn't look like that dipstick. Right. He wasn't surfer Jesus with the pretty yeah, locks exactly. in them. He's more like homeless Jesus with the dreadlocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, I think I just dropped a packet of sauce in my house. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so what I believe in, do I need to go further on Jesus? But no, no, we can go. I mean, if, if you don't, is basically the show's about like what keeps you from killing yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, what makes you be alive and face every day? And I think for a lot of people, it's religion. And for a lot of people, it's cats. And I just want to know what it is for Billy Sullivan. Oh, did you say a lot of people, it's cats? Well, a, a small handful of people, myself included. My cats definitely keep me alive. I, like, that's awesome. <laughs> I actually know a lot of people who are like that. Not like that, but are like you. <laughs> that love cats! Not yeah, God, I'm, just cats. Some people love dog, which makes more sense because God is dog backwards. So I'm like, I guess I could believe in dog. but well, And, you know, we became dogs through evolution, humanity. You know what I mean? Dogs, Packs of dogs would follow Neanderthals and cavemen and just, like, wait for them to throw away their food. So, like, we developed relationships with dogs over mil the millennium. But, like, cats are just, like... What the fuck? Where they where do they come from? You know what the fuck is our relationship with them? Yeah, keep worshiping them. Yeah, exactly. We worship the shit out of them, like in Egypt. I they always thought that was really cool. But um, all right. Well, what makes me tick? What makes me live? Um, oh God, you know what? I've lost and thought about this. I think. Have you ever? Have you ever? Let's just be real. You ever thought about shooting yourself? Have I ever thought about shooting myself? No, I would do it with – if I was to kill myself, I wouldn't shoot myself. I'd definitely do pills because I'm a coward. Really? Absolutely. Oh, man. Total coward. Absolutely that pills. Is, I think you're, you're, you're figuratively shooting yourself when you're literally eating pills to kill yourself. Because you could fucking go into a coma, Pam. Right. And then, like, you're, like, you're – oh, God. And then, like, you could actually wake up and just be fucked up from that coma, like – the pill is not the way to do it. You know what I mean? So you're I a think, gun. I, 
I don't think I could find a gun, though. I just don't see myself as a person that would be able to locate what? a firearm it's, it's, to shoot myself in the face. We're in San Francisco, Pam. You're, you're, you're heavily associated with the comedy community. You could definitely get a gun. I think it would be easier to get to get a rig and just do like a crazy shot of heroin, like way, way, way too much, and know it is too oh, much, and just okay. go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's – I've never shot heroin, and I never want to, but if I was going to close it down, if I was like this is it – I'd go out, like, in a fun way. Like, I just want to party too hard, you know? <laughs> I just... I, I 100% get that, actually. That's like... It, then it, it is actually less depressing, to be honest. Because people could actually... People could say, maybe Pam just did too much shit. Like, people wouldn't might not even think it's a suicide, depending on whether or not you want to give a, or give a rat's fucking ass. Well, and now that's the thing. After. If I was to commit suicide, it would be more like a martyr thing, and I'd want everyone to yeah, know. Because I'd be like, exactly, yeah. I'm sad, and nobody saw that I was sad. How did nobody see me be sad for this long of a time? I'm going out. And it for would be more sure. like a self-pity kind of like, I'm alone in my house, and nobody cares. It would be more like that as opposed to, <laughs> well, it's the same thing. That's the huge of you, Pam. I would do the same thing. That's well, big mean, of us to say that. Why else Why else do you kill yourself? There's um. Hey. There's uh the when you people jump off the bridge, uh Golden Gate Bridge, seventy five percent of the people that jump off the Golden Gate Bridge jump toward the city. Only twenty five percent of people who jump off the Golden Gate Bridge jump toward the ocean. Oh yeah. Because okay. if I was that gonna jump off the Golden of Gate Bridge, I'd jump toward the ocean because I'd want to be like God and all of his infinite fuckery fucked me. Fuck you, God, I'm jumping off the bridge. As opposed to jumping toward the city and being like, all these people didn't appreciate me or love me. I'm just, fuck you guys. <laughs> well, that's, you know what, Pam, that's an interesting take because I'm the opposite. All my fantasies of jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm facing the city for oh, sure. Wow. <laughs> I'm facing the city for sure. I feel like, but it's because it comes back to what you said, like, I'm gonna. Mar- it's gonna be martyrdom, and it's gonna be romantic, and it's gonna be all fed up in my own bullshit and shit, bullshit and self pity. So I'm gonna like have a moment on there and be like, "No, fuck you guys, fuck the world," and just tons up. But obviously, I haven't done that. Good There's a reason. We're gonna get to the bottom of it. Yeah. What's the reason <laughs> that you still haven't jumped off the bridge? Um, you know what? I think. I'm happy nowadays, but when I was the least happiest in my whole life, like when I was like, actually, this shit was like, it it was starting to, I was, my mind, my own mind was kind of starting to trick myself into thinking it was a better option than just changing myself. How old, how old were you here? Uh, Cause you're what? You're 26 now? I'm 25 actually. 25. Yeah, I'm 25. Um, I think at like 19 or 20. All right. Like, yeah, 20 years old, probably. Actually, no, not 19. Definitely 21. 21 is the age. Uh, It was probably just like my mom. You were mad at your mom? No, no, no. I was like, I was like keeping going for my mom. Oh, you were keeping going for your mom? Yeah. Wow. Straight up. Was this when you were fat? Yeah. Oh. And you were addicted to some shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was addicted to those drugs. It was like... I didn't give a rat's ass. And I always thought, like, you know, when you're a drug addict, like, you're not really thinking about dying, you know, man? You're like, you're not, like, fucking, 
you're not like, yeah, I'm going to croak right now. You're just getting it, you know? Right. You're just getting after it. But, like, I remember, like, like I wasn't really that familiar with death and stuff. But then a few of my friends died. And it was like, okay, now I am really playing with the fire that I know. Because my two friends have died. And it's like, it's either I'm doing these drugs to die or I change now. And, like, I think that kind of my mom, when I, I changed for myself. But when I was about to just keel over and do all those drugs and shit, it was because I didn't want my mom to feel that kind of pain. What what kind of drugs were you doing? Um, Xanax and painkillers. Oh, all right. So you were opiates. You were into the opiates, yeah, and then, but like, all pills. Every now and then, like we would, because we would like smoke the pills and shit. We yeah, them, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. On foil. Uh huh. I got you the little snake. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. They make snakes yeah. on the foil. Yes. Yeah. 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 Those little flag ashy snakes. Chase oh. the dragon. <laughs> Chasing the dragon. Yeah. So, so you were uh, you were smoking pills and you were doing pills. And yes. it was all opiates. How did you get fat? Um, I actually, I always had the munchies. Like, I have a thing where, like, I almost, I have a, I literally do have an eating disorder. Now, I know. Because, like, if men with eating disorders, you don't really, like, understand that, you know? Right, like, right. you gotta go through the shit and figure yourself out and stuff. So that, after I lost that weight, I kind of became anorexic. Ooh. Yeah, like, I went right down. Like, just straight for it. So you just but, weren't, um, you weren't eating, you just weren't consuming calories at all? Yes, because I was always, and my mind is, I can just eat and eat and eat forever, Pam. That's how I got so fat. <laughs> like, I just, like, can unload. So, like, you'd eat an entire box of cereal? For sure, for sure. You just, and with milk or without milk? You sit down? With milk, With yes. milk. Like, for sure. I was that kid. Like, and so you get full, forget. and you're like, it doesn't matter. I'm still eating. Yeah, it feels and you good. know what? Yeah, it doesn't even like it gets full, but it doesn't register that it's full. I feel it, but in my my mind just doesn't register it. It's weird. I've looked into it. It's fucking. It's a mental game. You just have to overpower it. Yeah. And like, you know. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've struggled with eating disorders my whole life, and. Um, I used to be bulimic, but I had to stop doing that because that's a very, very expensive addiction. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, for it's, sure. I, I didn't even think about that. It's so expensive to be bulimic. That I mean, you have to eat four times the food. You eat sometimes six times, eight times the food. And, man, ice cream's expensive unless you're going to gross out and get in the weird stuff that where, wherever. I mean, a pint of ice cream's going to run you five bucks, and you're going to barf that up? Come on, oh, man. God. That's like yeah, exactly. It was just too expensive. But I've I've oh. gone I've definitely gone the the anorexic route where I just don't eat. And yeah, you just try to go. But it's a it's a it's it feels good because it's a controlling feeling because you feel the hunger, and you're yeah. negating it and not eating it. And there's power in that. There's some that there I, at least that I've felt that it, which is why it like. I don't know, tricked some sensor it, in me. It's addicting, kind of. Yeah, it, well, weird. it feels powerful yeah, like, to be like, I am super hungry, and I am yeah. still being nice to people, and I am still existing in this world without eating anybody, like, metaphorically and, like, yelling at them. And that that power over oneself, I don't know, I have self-esteem issues. You, so. you know what, hey, Pam, Pam, I've talked to... Like, I don't know how many people about the same phenomenon, and I'm sure there's a word for it. 
Oh yeah. Like that same feeling. It's almost like a feeling of superiority, kind of. Like you, like you know what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, I'm fucking. No, it's not superiority, but like you just, you feel, you don't feel better than people, but you feel good. You no, feel but good it, about it is that. I, I, I definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that. Acknowledge that. Yeah, about? that it's uh, when when I haven't eaten like in 12 hours and I feel the feelings in my body and I'm still able to interact with people, there's some thing that happens in my mind where I feel incredibly good about, I feel better than other people. Like they could never do this. They could never control their needs and wants the way I'm doing. And so I've been, I've been like acknowledging and exploring these control issues that I have. Like why, that I feel so out of control in my life that the only thing I can control is what goes in or out of my body. And somehow there's power there. Anyway, I'm trying to work through it too. I No, 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 no. You're actually doing a good job of putting words to that. To, like, to feelings that I've felt that I haven't really been able to put words to. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Thanks. Hey, I've been dealing with it a long Straight up. time. That's like, I like hearing kind of sh- shit like that, dude. Well, the other thing I did for years, and the reason I didn't acknowledge my eating disorder, is that I've cooked professionally for so many years that I'm literally controlling food. And yeah. when I cook food, like, oh, so, and I, I said this the other day to Nathan in a, in a thing, so I was like, come over and eat with me because I won't cook just for myself because I don't feel like I'm worth it. And yeah, oh, look at me, uh-huh. I have self esteem issues. But, uh-huh. I, but that's the thing is, oh, I won't, God, like, <laughs> I'm really good at cooking and I won't do it for myself like I'll just eat a bowl of cereal I don't give a fuck but if I have someone over or someone to cook for I'll I'll cook all this great food and so I was like come over come over let me cook for you (laughs) so I can eat but not so I can eat but kind of just because I won't I won't do it for myself so no I get that and it's like why why put in the efforts like no one's even gonna see it yeah like Unless you post it on the gram, and it's like I kind of I'm not really about the food of your own cooking on the gram. Right. I I can I can get behind the you take a picture of something crazy at a restaurant because like I don't know you know. Sure. Well, you're appreciating the artistry of some chef and saying, "Look at this amazing thing that I'm." So I I've loved food for so long because it's sort of the invisible ephemeral art. It's just like theater except it's more immersive in that like you're in this space, which is a restaurant, which is like a theater, and there's actions happening around you, and they bring you this food, and it's a piece of art, and it looks a certain way, and then you consume it, and then you just have the memory of it, and then you get a poop, which is super exciting too, because you get to like relive the meal again, and so you sort of get this like like a three-act play, like you're there, you're waiting, act one, you receive it, you intake it, act two, it's ephemeral, it's gone now, and then act three is the poop you get to do later. And so it's this, Back. It's, it is like, it is a piece of art that you're interacting with, like on many levels. It, it is, you know what, it is true, when I eat something magnificent in a restaurant and I'm shitting it out, I'm like, thank God that was a great meal. Exactly. Like, Straight up. That's good. To, again, you're bringing some shit up that I didn't even really think about. Like, that does happen to me. Well, so here's. I had prime rib on my birthday. Ooh. It was like pouring out of me, you know? Like, Ooh. it's cream spinach and shit. It was just, it was a bad situation, but I was like, wow. I'm, I'm blessed. I hope you, you had know? some red wine to make everything really green. We had white. Yeah, we had red wine. It was disgustingly. Yeah. It's it so great. great. You're like, oh, look at that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I see. That's the thing. I love food so much that <laughs> I think about it way. Yeah. Way yeah. I too think, much. Pam, my thing is food is the most powerful drug in my life for sure. Yeah. One I have to be most careful with. Absolutely. Like I've been addicted to drugs in the past, and the drugs I'm addicted to, like I'll take like a couple times a week just to go to sleep. You yeah. know. Like, I'll take a little bit of a Xanax to go to sleep, but, like, I don't even abuse it because I've kind of gotten power over it. But, damn, the food thing is something I could just let myself go at any second of the day and just, like, completely get back to where I was. And it's and it's completely fucked up because we literally need food to live. So you're yeah, fighting something you just quit it. that you need to live. Yeah. It's uh, So I also do this thing when I'm controlling food. One of the reasons that I love baking pot food is that I give people food, and then I hope that later, when they get high, they think about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they that's go, nice. "Oh, I'm so high right now. Oh, that's because I ate Pam's edible. That was so good." And so it's another like manipulative, controlling thing that I do is by providing food for other people. I I get some weird, perverse pleasure out of knowing that. I've done something for them in like a sustenance way, either it being like, this is a delicious cookie. I really wanted a cookie or I'm fucking high now. The cookies I made from last night are crazy strong. I wanted to test the um, potency. So I ate one last night before I went to bed at like 1030. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to lay down and watch this thing on Netflix. I went, I was out so (laughs) fast. I woke up on the sofa at like, 130 with my cats just running around like mad and i was like these are fucking good cookies these are, these are fucking yeah. crazy so yeah you just slam them all and destroy yourself i'll have to somehow i get out to your undisclosed location and uh bring you some some of these these new cookies because they're and i made That'd this fudge cute. last night too that's also crazy good it's like really good fudge but it's it, hard to make fudge well i mean Okay, so because I have an addiction to food and issues with food, I go through these six-week stages every once in a while where I do something constantly. So I did fudge like last year, like last summer. I got really into making fudge. I went to the library. I got all the books on fudge. I read all the books. Oh, you read into it. I was Yeah, no, I get into it. I get fucking into it. So I made a batch of fudge last night, and I haven't made a batch in like six months, and it's perfect just because – I don't know. I'm a f- perfectionist, but I do I do oh, that with yeah. food. Like, um, I got really into pie crust for a while, and so for like six eight weeks, I made pie crust every day. I was doing like hand pies, oh. meat pies. I go ape shit for a good pie crust. Oh yeah, right. I make a good yeah. I make a good pie crust. So, some with Crisco, some with butter, some with. I mean, I'm I've gone. I'm all over the map. I've done hot. Hot water crusts, cold water crusts. I've done. And you made you have you made a reefer pie crust? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't usually put it in the crust. I'd rather put okay. it in the filling because yeah. it's easier to make the THC attached to sugar. Okay. Than that it is to. Sense. Yeah. In a pie crust, it's like you'll taste it. You'll taste too that. Much. You'll taste. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the only way to do it, I would say, in a pie crust, would be to use a lot of keef. Because oh, it'll okay. distribute itself through the crust, and it's just little bits, and you wouldn't. But I wouldn't use like. Oof. Peop, someone has. Someone is cool. They've got a cool car out there. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't normally put it in the crust. I usually put it in the filling. The only thing I put it in, like, um, I also make pasta. I went through like a, I've done, I've made a lot of fresh pasta. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I put the pot into the pasta, and then you can't taste that at all. That's crazy. That's yeah, like, yeah, because that that sauce, the gravy. Oh, the gravy, yeah. Manon. Are you from back east? They call it gravy back there. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, my mom is though, and she's like, it's my mom's like an Italian woman, you know. She's 100% she's Italian. she was on The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, basically, like she's got that in her, kind of, because she moved out of the East Coast when she was in her like early twenties and just never came back. But my grandma's for sure like that. Like she has all those made up half English, half Italian words that just. If you said in Italy, they'd be like, what the fuck are you saying? Gabagool. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and when yeah. I was watching Sopranos and they're like, Gabagool, I'm like, what the fuck is Gabagool? Yeah, the Gumar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were all oh, Sopranos. Is, I think my brother said this, and I'll, I'll, I'll agree with him. I think so, the Sopranos is like like the Mona Lisa of our generation. Oh, you know what? It's maybe like it, people will look back at our generation and be like, "Holy shit! They gave us Sopranos uh, as up. a soap opera." Okay, here's what I'm gonna say. So, yeah, Sopranos was a really good soap opera. If you put like Days of Our You're Lives right. up against the Sopranos, obviously Sopranos is way better. But it just became a soap opera, and that That's last true. episode was a pile of dog shit. I I get you. I was I like, I get you, but. <sighs> Let me just give you my take. I, my thing is that everybody knows it cuts to black, but like, if you, I've watched the shit like three times, and like, if you just watch the the last season, it it all unfolds to where all Tony's captains are getting shot, and then like, basically, Bobby Bacala he says to Tony, he's like, "What do you think happens when you get whacked?" And Tony's like, "I don't know, never thought about it," or like some shit like that. And Bobby Bacala goes, "I think you don't even know it." And it just goes black. Ha ha. Yeah, he says that shit in the last season, and then and then he did, and then it happened. And yeah. It's like there was some shady dude, and you're right, it was dumb. Nobody got it. I don't think I got it over everybody, but I just kind of enjoyed it. I just you know? was upset that they had to use the Journey song that is so you're trite right. and overplayed yeah. at this point. I'll they could that. have picked so many. There's. Everything is open to them. They're HBO, and yeah. it's, it's also but not. They weren't. They weren't. They were HBO back then. But Sopranos made them into a new thing. You know what I mean? Like Sopranos turned them into the Game of Thrones HBO. Sure, before, sure, sure. Before... And and I don't even say Game of Thrones HBO. I say Westworld HBO. Because let's not get it yeah, twisted. Okay. Westworld is the best show they've ever put out. Uh and. And it, you're right. Without Sopranos, they never would have gotten to the place where they could make these movie quality serials, yeah. where yeah. it's a fucking twelve hour movie for a season. Really, is what we're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, like sixty hour. Yeah. But then, <laughs> why is sake. it? What is it about us as Americans or people that we require these long soap operatic stories and fictions, and we clamor for them? Like, I, can I tell you my my opinion on it? Please. I think I just think, the, and this is gonna sound shallow, but like, it gives me the shit in my life that I don't have. You know, hmm. like adventure, excitement. A Jedi craves not these things, but like I don't have <laughs> I I don't have the adventure and excitement, so I gotta watch the Jedi. Fair. You know? Like like and like especially with love, like I. I kind of like 
I don't know. Are you I'll, a romantic, I'll, Billy? I'm a romantic for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Like, what are the things so. that make you romantic? Um, well, my thing is, I'm just like, I'm just a sucker. Like, if I really like a girl, it, it's not, it's not that even, it's not even that good of a thing. You know what I mean? They, I become pretty, I become pretty beta. Like, they can operate fully on my mind, which is like, that's kind of, it's, that's a bad way of looking at romantic, but I just like will become hopeless over somebody. You just think about them all the time. Yeah, yeah. You write and poems. Like the, you poet. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really write poetry. No, no. <laughs> but I will think of like all sorts of ridiculous romantic like scenes in my head and shit. You know, like the typical, you know, that embarrassing shit that I would actually never tell you. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> no, I'm. 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 Yeah. Trust me. I like. I'll. And I'll never like. I don't really act like it too. That's the thing because I'm like afraid of like getting. Um, I'm afraid of getting hurt. Aww. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just like I don't know. Are you? Well, in the, in how the are you? Of love. How are you dealing in these COVID times with no? I mean, no one's really addressed this yet, but the only—I yeah. mean, who's having sex right now? Like people yeah, in relationships, yeah. or and this is the funniest thing. I've seen so many breakups on the street. People screaming at each other. Couples like. It's so funny. COVID is bringing out the weirdest shit in people, but I've seen a oh, bunch yeah. of public breakouts on breakups on the street. Damn. But, yeah, no, the divorce rates are up massively too. Ah, that's so crazy. But what, I mean, yeah. how are you dealing cuz there's no women anywhere. There's no are you, you you can't like Tinder, did Tinder shut down? Like what the fuck? No, you I mean, you can you I've been talking to a bunch of people on those cuz I've always liked those dating websites. They're pretty fun to like just like talk to people and shit. Like you can say some wild shit to people and like more often than not, like if it's wild enough, they'll honestly like think it's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, that's what I like about that shit. Um but I've been yeah, I've been scouring and stuff. You can't you can talk, but you nobody's going to meet up with each other. No, no, of course not. I and mean, like not for a while. So it's like my, my thing is I've just I'm I'm good at being alone. I can just rub one out and play video games. Oh, okay. Video games. Yeah, literally. Yeah. A lot of video games. Video games. Cuz it keeps you focused on something other than your dick. Sure. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. What about you? Have oh, been? I've been writing a lot. I've just been writing all those scripts and I have a yeah, billion, I have luck. I have new poems and I've been I've just been writing like a ton. Cooking. I mean, last night I made a batch of fudge and a batch of cookies. Yeah. <laughs> so you, hey, the, I I like that. I like the um the camp script you made. That was fun to read. Oh, to. thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um I liked it. And I liked that I to be honest, I liked everybody died. When you were like everybody dies, I was like, "Oh, it's like fuck. What what happened at those shitty ass camps? Like I know kids who went to camps that were like, obviously not as shitty as that, but like, there are camps that like straight up disregard child abuse laws. Exactly. When, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that that story was based off a true story. I I came across uh, an article about seven kids dying in the desert, and or not seven kids a group a group dying in the desert and I was like oh shit I should write a story about this and so I did thank you for saying that you liked it I I was I'm just I'm, I've got all these scripts I'm writing and I don't know where they're going or what they're doing I'm just I just like stories and weird shit and I don't know me too 
I love those two things. <laughs> Stories and weird shit. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about like all of this artistic output that's existed just with me during these times because I have been alone. It's just me and my cats, and um, yeah, I it's I I don't know how other people are dealing it, it hasn't been hard for me only because I have so many singular activities that I do anyways like I've read so many books and I read books anyway so it doesn't even <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. But they, yeah just, the book thing is huge everything's pretty much the same for me as it was before COVID it's just that I don't hang out with anybody that's the only difference yeah and but you can't do stand-up oh it's so hard and that's like I haven't been trying. I haven't been doing any of the Zoom mics to be honest, because it's like because they're awful. I video chat with people, and it's like that's what it is. Yeah, there's kind of no denying that you're just video chatting with a group of people who are muted. Right. And like you can run your material, but it's like that's just not what it is. I- I'm no expert, obviously. I've only been doing it for a few months, but like I am an expert in shooting the shit and video chatting with my friends. I've been doing it since the invention, and that's <laughs> not what it is. And you're like, what are we doing? Well, I've been doing, um, I've been doing lines, um, not of cocaine or heroin, but the lines in front of Trader Joe's, Gus's, Safeway, Rainbow. Yeah. When I when I walk here to the station, I stop at a line and I yell jokes at them, and I don't do more than like two minutes. But yeah, because you, I, you know what, I've. I've straight up thought about doing shit like that, but I don't want to – it's good. You only do it for, like, two minutes because some people will, like, get annoyed, even if, like, your shit is funny, you know? Yeah. You'll fucking just be yelling at people, holding them hostage. Well, I, I mean, I'm doing the, – the jokes I do, it's, it's pretty easy. I open up with um, – I stand in front of the line and I go, Hey, everybody, why can't Californians have guns? Because they're always triggered. Ah! And then I'm yeah. like, hey, I'm a stand-up comedian. There's no stand-up comedy. I'm just going to do a couple quick jokes. And then I go into Crazy Cat oh, Lady. Shit, I'm a... Dude, that's hard. No, it's fun. It's no I mean, big like, deal. I mean, like, hard and, like, that's, that's tight. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, hard, like, yeah. as in I'm, I'm a, yeah, like a hard, badass. You're hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm that's hard. hard as Good. fuck. Thank yeah, you. That's yeah, that's cool as shit. Well, I, I invite other comedians to do it, too, because you keep your distance. The line is there. They're captive audience. I got this idea because I was in line at uh, Trader Joe's at the top of Hyde and California. The line was all the way down California around the corner of Pine. It was a super long line. It's like a 45-minute line. And there was a guy at the top with a guitar, and he was terrible. He was playing terrible music. (laughs) But everybody was into it because at least it was something, right? Yeah. And – I was like, holy fuck, I need to do jokes. So I started, that guy inspired me to just go. And he wasn't even collecting money. Like, people were giving him money, but he, and I didn't collect money either because it's not about that. It's about, yeah. like, I need, so that's one of the things that makes me tick. Without stage time, I'm like, there is no God. Like, there's... <laughs> Wait, hold on, say that last part again, you cut out. What was that? You you cut out first. Oh, without without hard. stage time, there is there is no God. There is no God. Oh yeah. My yeah, God yeah. is stage time. Like standing standing in front of people and telling them jokes is like one of the most important yeah, dude, things to been, me. It's been really good for me. Yeah. It's like helped me out in a lot of aspects of my life. Yeah. Me too. But, and yeah, it's a huge bummer that we can't go and do that stuff. 
Well, I but, was gonna. I'm gonna have a, a show here on Friday, um, and I put some signs out, and I got some because a neighbor came by and said, "Hey, when are you gonna do comedy again?" And I said, "Well, we can't really do it because the stuff." And he goes, "Why don't you just project it onto the street?" And I was like, "Well, give the people what they want." So on Friday. I'm going to do some, but I made the signs and I put them outside and a neighbor already came and took a picture of it. And it's a neighbor that doesn't like me. So I'm kind of afraid that that oh, neighbor fuck. is going to call the police or something. But if the police come and say like, you're asking people, we're going to, I'll be like, no, we're keeping distance. I'm going to put the PA outside, outside so people can hear. People can listen from their windows if they want. Like there's a lot of people that just live on this block. So fuck yeah. Yeah. So Friday, Friday, seven o'clock. Someone's trying to call, but fuck them. They have to wait till yeah. three. I get fuck to talk them. to Billy fuck until three. Yeah, fam. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you're, those damn people, dude. You're my guest. Fuck yeah. I love to hear. So dude. you've Are only... you in the studio with anyone? Yeah. You? No, no one's, no one's here. Sometimes, sometimes people come by unexpected. There's only a couple people that are quote unquote allowed to be here. They're like people that have been here since the beginning, so yeah. they don't necessarily have trouble. I mean. If people want to come here, we can keep distance, and that's fine. Although you are talking into a microphone, which we've all been talking into. So you can bring your own yeah. microphone cover if you want. But, I mean, there's a handful of people who've been here, and they don't have a problem coming back. But I'm definitely not inviting new people to come. Nay, stay at home. Yeah. Listen on MutinyRadio.fm. Give us money on the GoFundMe. But I'm going to try this thing on Friday and see what happens. I hope it works, and... Yeah, no, dude, I, I that's another thing I've thought of, too, and I just never had the balls to do it, straight up. Just telling joke, yelling jokes out your window? <laughs> or j- with, like, a little, uh, yeah, yelling jokes out the window or just, like, setting up a little, like, speaker with a mic plugged into it and just doing it on the street the way someone plays a guitar. Yeah, exactly. I, I brought the Job Rocker Max home to my house, one of my, one of my PAs, because I want to do a show on Saturday from my apartment from my lanai, from my fire escape. So I feel like I can put the speaker out on the fire escape. It's on the fourth floor of Geary. The sound resounds through that through that corridor anyways. There's no cars anymore. So if we just start doing comedy from my fire escape, like the whole street can listen. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to try to do that on Saturday. I just need comics who are willing to come over to my house. And there's only like 3. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, I can't come. I know you can't come, Billy. You can't come. Fucking got the, welcome, even if I could. I've got the other, and I can't. Uh, I can't. I guess I could try to use the Zoom to pa- patch it into my outdoor PA, and then have that somehow. Too difficult. Too difficult. Now we're just g- getting crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking God, but we, I heard. Um, I heard some comedians like uh, on a podcast talking about how it probably won't be 2021 till like till we'll be able to like go we'll be able to do shit I think but it's gonna be at like places where there are three people wearing masks and like uh, I don't know it's not gonna be the same for a damn fine while. I how are we gonna survive? Yeah. You say you say God a lot for a person that doesn't believe in God. Yeah, uh, I have an answer for that though. Yeah, I I've like my culture is heavily like influenced on the on Catholic mythology. 
and I like to call it Catholic mythology because it's like this shit is as real as actual mythology. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Right. Like, yeah, so Zeus, like whole, Zeus became like, a swan and raped a woman. God yeah. became an angel and made a virgin. Ha- it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, it's it's mythology. Yeah, so yeah. I like like so my my whole sh- like my all my holidays are Catholic mysticism and shit. So like it's part of my culture straight up the the Irish Catholicism, and I don't obviously I don't respect any of the beliefs and stuff, and I don't disrespect any of them any people who do love that shit but um i just kind of like that it's in my culture like i like all the stuff and i like knowing about it i like like learning about it but i don't believe in any of it i don't I, and i don't fuck with the church too obviously but yeah like, I, I just think it's a super interesting period of his uh part of our history and like i'm not even gonna like stop saying like god or any of this shit because it's fake you know Right. Like I like I like using the Lord's name in vain and talking about how it's it's the Lord's day on Sunday and sure. fucking praising Lord shit, but not actually. I had I had a friend who was not particularly religious, but he was raised sort of, like he had that same mythology. And what he carried through is he didn't like it whenever I said God damn, he hated oh. it. And so he called me out one day and he was like, "Can you stop with the GDs?" And I was like. What are you talking Jeez. about? And he's like, you say goddamn a lot. And I was like, why does that bother you? And he said, well, because you're taking the Lord's name in vain. And I said, but you're not even religious at all. But it was just such, it was so embedded in who he was as a person that, you know, that was a trigger. And I was like, all right, yeah. okay, I won't say it around you. Fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like, I actually know that too. My dad, my dad's not like that. He doesn't really believe in it either, but. He's just more – he's still, like, afraid of it. Like, that fool's – that comes out of fear. Like, don't say the Lord's name in vain. Like, why, bro? What are you afraid of? Yeah. And, like, deep down, it's because that fool, like, still kind of believes in God and, like, you know what I mean? Right. Or, like, he thinks he's going to get in trouble about it. Like, that that is something I've lost completely. And I lost that completely when I started altar-serving funerals for money in the <laughs> church. Yeah. I was like, dude. You kidding me? Like we're getting paid to do this? Fuck that! We're evil. It's wow. on now. Yeah, I remember thinking that. Like, cause I, I stopped believing in God in fourth grade, and then seventh grade I was head altar service, so I got I was one who was getting paid. Wow. It wet. It was like okay, the church is fake, and I'm part of the racket. This is right. <laughs> I wow! I didn't know that they paid. I mean, I guess they pay the clergy technically. No, what they do is it's it's they tip they tip all the like the altar servers, and they usually at like the church I was working at St. Brennan's it was like a dude who just like lost his dad or something like the person who's organizing the funeral is always the one who comes and tips the altar servers, and he's always in the same frame of mind. He's like, I'm hella sad, Aww. I'm hella pissed. I have to fucking organize this bullshit. And that I'm the only one with enough money to do it in this whole building, you know what I mean, of wow. people who are pissed. So they come up and just dish out some money that, like, actually isn't even reasonable in my favor, you know what I mean? Like, I would get, like, $20 just to do a, a one funeral. Wow. As, As a like, kid, oh, okay. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you just run out. You get to like funerals. Yeah, Exactly. It was almost as if there was, like, a funeral season, too. It was weird. Wow. I think it was just, like, our church was, like, open for funerals at this time. But Were they – was it open casket? Um, No, actually, I never even saw an open casket. 
Yeah, that that shit freaks me out. I I was um, I remember in second grade, my grandmother's cousin died, and she was a nun here in San Francisco at a convent, and so we came in from the East Bay for this wake slash funeral thing of this nun, and I remember they made me walk by this dead person, and my grandmother looked at me and she said, "Don't you want to kiss her, the dead lady?" And I was yeah. like. No, I don't want to kiss the dead lady, and that freaked me out. And I didn't like looking at the dead lady. I didn't. She looked like a doll, like a big, big doll. How old were you? Oh, I was like in second grade. Uh. And at this thing, I remember all of these nuns kept coming up to me saying, "Do you want to be a good little nun when you grow up?" And I was like, "No, I don't. I'm not a Catholic. I'm a. I'm a Presbyterian. I don't believe in any of this." And uh, they didn't. They didn't like to hear that. But I was always no like my grandmother pushed when I was a child because she was super Catholic and she knew that I was different as a child. And yeah. she, she pushed for me to be a nun. She always did. She was like, you know, if you become a nun, people will take care of you forever and you'll get to live somewhere and kind of do what you want, but serve the Lord. Oh, and you don't have to worry about like I was even as a child, people were very worried about how I was going to take care of myself as an adult. And so I was sort of pushed they were sort of hoping for the nunnery. Like, how is oh this crazy girl going to survive? Put her in a nunnery. That's so funny, dude. Could you imagine me as a nun? <laughs> Fucking no. <laughs> like, oh, God. I can imagine some, like, in an alternate reality, some super crazy suppressed version of you as a nun. That's mm. like, all it takes is, like, one one. One tenth of the devil, and you're off to the races. Yeah. Oh boy, the yeah. devil. The devil's sugar. That'll get me off to the races. Yeah, exactly. Have oh, you been Have Lord. you been hitting the sauce a good amount during the Qtine? Well, I'm I'm on the sauce right now. I I got myself a bottle of the blood of Christ here for uh, for some call me Tim, and I've been nursing it. I actually oh, actually God just saved me. I had a cup here up on the this one thing, and I accidentally knocked it over, but the cup landed up. So I only lost a little bit of wine just now, and I'm like, "Oh, God oh, exists." I didn't ruin any computer equipment just now, dropping my wine on the floor. <laughs> oh, that's like that's a huge phobia of mine. I hate. Like, I must have done that as a kid once. Like poured poured something into a bunch of buttons and just like immediately like. <laughs> that was. When I was little and we we got our first computer, that was my dad said, don't ever have any liquid near the computer at all. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Uh, yeah. I'm like, all right. All right, dad. All right, chill. Yeah. It's 1985. <laughs> this is a computer. All right. No liquids near the computer. Yeah. Fucking if it, if it rained outside, it would blow up straight up. Yeah. Here, that's my question. I've been taking a lot of baths lately because COVID and what else the fuck am I going to do with my time? If I have... If I drop a, a phone or a tablet in the bathtub, will I get electrocuted? Or is it because it's a battery, it won't kill me? No, it has to be plugged into the wall. Ah. I All don't right. know if you drop your f- plugged-in phone into the water. I'm going to be honest. Like I, I think if people are listening to this, they're like, you guys are dumb fucks. But I don't know. I don't know. If I, the I know phone if was it into your... If the phone was plugged into the wall and it was charging and you were watching a movie in the bathtub and fell asleep and dropped your phone, I bet it'd electrocute you if it was plugged into the wall. You think so? I think I it would. No, I, I think fucking, you think 
Apple hasn't figured that out? Like, people are using their phone in the tub. They gotta figure that shit out. I, so I don't know. I hope case. that I haven't heard of any electrocutions in the bathtub because of iPhones, but I have. I also yeah, haven't seen it in a movie. Coaster. It's. It might be a good crux for a movie. Well, I'm sure you could Google that shit. Yeah, everything's there, isn't it? Wh- yeah, why do we need God anymore when everything's on the internet? Uh, why do we need school? Yeah, exactly. Amen. Well, because <laughs> we need we need school because yeah. not all no, people I, I will learn on their own. Like some people have a natural thirst for knowledge, and it's something that they go after, and they're constantly yeah. looking for, and they're seekers, and that's a thing. And I say appreciate all the seekers, but a lot of people aren't that way, and so you sort of need this external mentor to say, learn, learn, yeah. learn, this is important, or to get you excited. You know, like when you get one of those teachers that makes you all excited about fucking transcendentalism or yes. something stupid? Yes. Yeah. There it is. That's so true. And it's that, like, ah, oh, fuck. That, like, triggers me. I wish more teachers were able to just do that kind of shit, but you know what I mean? That's not the way it works. But, I taught high school. Also, I loved what? teaching. I loved teaching high school when I taught it, and I think I inspired some kids. Yeah, but, I bet you did. I bet you got them. I bet you got them locked into the shit you were trying to teach them. Well, I jumped up on my desk and tap danced a lot when they weren't literally yeah. when they weren't paying attention, like when they all, you know, when kids yeah. glaze yeah, over. Instead of yelling at them, just fucking capture the, just win them back. Yeah, I just jump on the desk and start tap dancing. I'm like, are you watching me now? Are you looking now? Are you paying attention? Oh. And I jump off the desk and be like, "We're on page nine or wherever the fuck yeah. we were." There it is. That's the way to. That's the way to win the crowd. Thanks. Yes. Don't embarrass the damn kids. Well, like, it doesn't. I was always. The, I was. I was. The, I was to be taught, made an example for sure. Every in every school for sure. Were I was you... always kind of acting up. Oh, were you? Were you bored? Yeah, was... Were you acting up because you were bored and you I weren't was being bored engaged? As fuck. Yeah, yeah, I was bored as fuck. And no, it, I wasn't even acting out. I just wouldn't really ever pay attention. And like, it, that's what it was. It was just like shit on me for not paying attention. I just didn't give a shit. What, <laughs> one, one time, um, I was teaching special ed and I had kids that were four, between 14 and 18 years old in the same classroom. And there was one kid, he was 17 and he was enormous. And I didn't know at the time that he didn't know how to read. And one of the things in my classroom is that everybody reads. You just try. Even if you read a sentence. Oh, God. Everyone reads. I don't care if it's a sentence. I don't care how long it takes. There's no shame. We work through it together as a group. And the kid was new in the class. And I said, hey, so-and-so, it's time for you to read. And he was like, I don't read. And I was like, well, in my class, everybody reads. So let's work out this next sentence together. And he was just like, not willing to show vulnerability in front of the rest of the group. And so he picked up his desk and threw it at me. Oh. <laughs> oh. And I like, got, there was a phone in my classroom because they were special ed and I called out the security. I'm like, hey, someone just threw a desk at me. And I was being really calm. And he was getting really big and puffed up. And I was like, hey, man, it's just a rule in my class. Everyone has to read and we all work through it together. And this is the class and everything's cool and now the security's coming to get you, and that sucks. And uh, and they came, and they got him, and they took him away. But then later, everyone was like, how did you stay so calm when it was so scary? And I was like, I don't know. Like, 
Yeah, I bet that kid's fucking home life is just great, right? Well, exactly. He was he was from a group home. There were so many yeah. there were so many extenuating issues that exactly like I wasn't gonna. And maybe I maybe I should have been more sensitive and known that he didn't know how to read before he was there and shouldn't have pushed him. Yeah, but him. how could you have? I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, how could you have? He's 17 years old. He's been hiding it all this time. Like, and I'm the one that's like, come on, bro. Let's read. <laughs> Damn, that's brutal. Makes you feel so bad for that kid. I know. Well, and if he would have just been cool about it, we could have been buddies, and I would have, like, leaned over his desk a lot and, you know, and been all... I don't know, 17-year-old boys. It could have been fun for him to have his teacher have one-on-one work with him, right? Not that I'm like, not that I'm into that kind of thing. But if I was a 17-year-old boy and my teacher started showing interest and leaning over my desk, I'd be super into that. Uh, You know what? I'll be honest, Sam. That's not how it works. Teachers tried to do that shit to me. I was, that pushed me further away. Really? That kid was so afraid. Sorry if I'm screaming in the phone, I'm on speaker. But that kid, like, I can just hear the fear in that kid. Because you were like, just do it. And he was like, no. And then you were like, all you wanted him to do was read words on a page. And he tried to assault you. Yeah. And, yeah. like, that's like, he was he's afraid of words. Like, that's so sad. That's incredibly sad. And, like, he's and afraid that, of, like. How does someone get 17 years into their life and they don't have. Sort of the basic skill that makes us all work together. If yeah, you can't read, no, you can't text. You ain't ever yeah. going to get laid. <laughs> yeah. But nobody gave a shit about that kid enough to, like, take interest in the fact that he knew how to read or not. Right. Yeah. That's a goddamn, bro. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got a chair thrown at you. I got, yeah. And so then at, he had to have, he was suspended from the school for a couple weeks. And after yeah. that, they tried to put him back in my classroom. And I was like, um, if you put this kid back in my class after he sort of assaulted me, that takes away all my power as a teacher. That tells everyone else in the classroom that they can throw chairs and desks willy-nilly. They can spit on me. They can walk out the door. They can do whatever they want. So I told the principal, I was like, hey, I don't know if you're going to back me up on this, but this is one of those things where if you put this kid back in my classroom, I'm going to have to quit. And she was like, oh, Oh, we're going to bat for this. And I was like, yeah, oh, dude. Like, yeah, we're going to we, bat. Can't, we can't. Fuck Come yeah, on. We're going to bat on that. <laughs> so they did. What so the, the, the school system actually backed me up on that one. And they said, all right, we're back in the teacher. This kid can't be back in her classroom. I know you don't have a place to put him, but. And th- that was the whole thing is like the next place for him to go was like juvenile hall. Yeah, straight up. The, the school system in the system. Right. Yeah. It doesn't help anybody. Yeah, but that's where he was going anywhere. If he if he was throwing teach desks at teachers and didn't know how to read. That's God where damn. you go. It's hella sad, but like what the what can you even do at that point? But here's the ironic thing is that a lot of people in that situation who don't know how to read are actually proficient at math. Because they can tell uh, you that an eighth is yeah. one ounce of a pound, which is 16 ounces, they can tell you that there are 32 grams, 32.5 grams in an eighth. They can tell you They can tell you all this math about drugs. They can tell you what an eight ball is. They can tell you how much it costs. So it's funny that, like, we don't say to these kids, wow, you're really good at math. Let's use that. Yeah. 
you can, yeah, you can learn just as long as it's something you care about. Right. I mean. And if it's making the money, too, like, it, that's the great thing. Like, school, is, even for, like, for kids, it's like, why the fuck are we going to learn this? Like, it's way easier for a kid to just be like, oh, I'm getting money right now. Exactly. You know what I mean? So let's teach math through drugs. I mean, there's I, I see no shame in the game if it's if we can teach ratios and fractions and fucking decimals through drugs. Oh, yeah. you have an eighth of weed. That is one eighth of a pound. That's one yeah. or one eighth of an ounce. There are sixteen ounces in a pound. <laughs> there's Tim, There's, I, don't, I don't mean to change the subject, but why is the show called Call Me Tim? Oh, some call me Tim. Because um, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, so, my God. I, yeah, wait, wait. Dude, tell me the reference. Yeah, so in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, there's the enchanter, and they get to the thing, and they say, and he has a bridge, and they have to cross it. And he says, what is your quest to seek the Holy Grail? What or what is your name? Uh, you know, Sir Lancelot. What is your quest to search for the Holy Grail? What is your favorite color? Green, no blue. Ah! And then, yeah. what is the average airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What is it, African or European? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> ah! And then he goes into the. So it's the enchanter Tim, and he says, "He says there are some who call me Tim." So it's all in reference to that. But it's in reference to the Holy Grail, which is this thing that everybody seeks or that they're seeking in the movie that's a God thing that doesn't exist anyways, and it's just a movie. So it's it's about, like, you know, why are people alive? What keeps you alive? What makes you be engaged with your universe? And for – I've had Christians on the show. I had a priest. I had a lady priest. She runs night ministries, and I saw her the other day walking around the Tenderloin in these COVID times passing out sandwiches. She used to pass out cigarettes because that's what people need more than anything. But really, Fuck she yeah. just, like, talks to them, and she's a, she's an amazing priest. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, she can't be a Catholic priest, right? No, she's Catholic. She's Catholic priest. Well, or, no, she's, you know, one yeah, of those – amalgamations she can't i guess she can't be catholic because they all have to be men yeah 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 but night ministries is a it's a thing in san francisco and she works from two in the morning until or ten at ten at night until four in the morning and she walks around the hate and around the tenderloin and she helps people damn i know she's badass so i've had her on now you have my dumbass no you're great billy you're the best (laughs) Uh, no, I'm, I'm, thank you. Well, you were you were um, amazing. Any any last words here for our some call me Tim listeners about what makes you happy to be alive or whatever? Uh, stay grateful, even if everything sucks in the moment. There's definitely something cool going on. That's true. Yeah. That's well, yes. Yeah, stay stay up in COVID. Thanks for having me on, Sam. You're the best, Billy. Thank Billy. you so much for calling in. Oop, there's another call. Love, 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 Billy. Bye, bye, bye. bye. Yay. Let's see who's here next. Mutiny Radio, you're on the air. Oh, that was weird. We got we got an audio f- uh, squeak from the last one. Uh, hey, Mutiny Radio. Hey, it's Elizabeth. Hey, Stanton. Hey, hey, how are you? Yay, Billy just uh, got off the phone. Here yeah, you who are, is Billy. Billy Sullivan. Do you remember Billy? think I met him. I, I've seen him Billy. in the chat, but I, and I heard him. I heard. I thought it was Jack Ferguson at first. 
No, no, Jack doesn't. Jack doesn't talk to me. Uh, but Billy does. He's a doll. Billy's one of my favorite comics because he's been through some shit, yo. Like he used to be addicted to drugs and shit, and he used to be fat, and now he's all like ripped and stuff, and he's got these stretch marks, and they're so sexy because it shows that he like worked hard to be where he is. So he's got this like hot bod now, but you see these cool stretch marks. Does that make sense? Anyway. Um. Yes and no. I mean, it's well, it's kind of. I, okay, it's this is yeah, Japanese thing. In Jap- in Japan, if you break a pot, apparently they used to just like glaze it with like uh, gold in between the cracks, so you could still see the cracks. Yeah, wabi sabi. You've heard of that? Wabi sabi is a Japanese convention. It means pretty ugly, and it's a whole way of making pottery and making other things that are pretty ugly. They're they're pretty because of their ugliness. Like, their brokenness and their strangeness is what makes them beautiful. And it's a Japanese convention called Wabi Sabi. Huh. Atira used to talk about that shit on her uh, on her show. She'd be, like, imperfect models. That, like, there you like go. that one that, like, had, like, the weird, like, um, what do you call that thing? Vitiligo? I loved that one. She was like a tiger. She just had a terrible personality and couldn't figure yeah, it out. Yeah, she had a I horrible personality. I was like, she doesn't deserve to get anywhere on this because she's just a bitch. She was so <laughs> mean. I love America's Next Top Model. I love it. Um, well, it's not on anymore. It well, used to I be. mean, but I loved it. One of one of my buddies used to do her workout. Um, she worked at, out at this place where on your Stairmaster or your, like, little thingy that you did – it made your TV, you made your TV go. So your TV wouldn't have power unless you were powering it with your like stairmaster thing or your bike oh, or whatever. Oh, I know what you're talking about. That's, yeah, it's like one of those generating things on bikes. Exactly. So she would watch America's Next Top Model while she was riding the bike or whatever so that it would like, you know, get her all jacked up to get skinny and shit. I'm 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 down. I love America's Next Top Model. I love I love Tyra. Oh, I have a joke about Tyra. Let me tell you, and then I'll let you tell your jokes. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, remember the whole like uh, Occupy movement, and everyone was uh, yeah. staying everywhere, and they had signs, and their signs said things like "Make banks pay, make banks pay." And I'm like, what did Tyra Banks ever do to you except teach you how to keep take a good photo, like keep it alive in the eyes, yo, smize. <laughs> make banks pay makes banks pay it forward you look good in a camera in front of a camera now bitch anyway i learned so much from tyra the one this is the best tip whenever covid's over always know where the cameras are in a room so tyra whenever she walks into a room she figures out where the people who are taking pictures are because you have to know how to mug to the cameras like you have to look natural but look natural in the direction of the cameras <laughs> Tyra. Um, yes and no. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. But you, if you're gonna like look pretty obvious if you're looking at the camera, though. Well, sometimes, sometimes you just know where it is, and you don't have to like make eye contact with the camera, but you can, you know, know where it is so that you don't look. That's the problem is when someone takes a candid photo of you, and you don't know that there's a camera there, you can look ugly as fuck. But if you know that there's a camera there, you're less likely to take an ugly, candid shot. It, it, it is true, yeah. 
I mean, I think that's obvious, though. Doesn't everyone know that? Like, it's like, oh, I, I'm in a situation where I'm going to get photographed. I think I'm, like, going to try and look like she, Like, obviously, you're going to try and, like, find where the cameras are. Well, no, but you aren't if you're drunk or fucked up or you just aren't paying attention. I think a lot of people don't even uh, care. I'm like, but that's what I, I learned. Thank you, Tyra. She taught me two things. Oh, this was the third thing Tyra taught me. Whenever somebody's taking multiple pictures, like you're in a group and they're taking constantly change your look so it's like you give them one put the shoulders switch shoulders give them a wink do a thing like constantly be changing for each picture so you keep it alive so you i already have this i already this is the thing as i I, i'm like what tyra taught you is to be self-conscious congratulations (laughs) i love you tyra tyra keeping it real I, I, I personally fucking hate Tyra Banks, so I just find her really conceited, but, um, like, it's like, like, let's have an entire show where we get a bunch of really attractive people together. I'm like, ugh. But Dear I, Lord. I know, I'm like, I, I used to be more motivated, so now I'm just bitter towards everyone. <laughs> what, what else is the purpose of being a producer if you can't get a bunch of pretty people who are much younger than you together in a room? I, I know. Anyone? I'm like, where are the fucking Harvey Weinstein's at these days? Fucking me too and bitches. Oh, I hey, I love baths as much as the next person, and but I'm not gonna leave my door unlocked when I'm in the bathroom and ask someone to come in and read a script for me. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> Kidding. That's how. Hold on. This is. I'd be doing this. Uh, I had an idea for a sketch because there's this bitch that um used to work at the comedy club in Vancouver and I got banned from there for a while. This is Australian cunt, which is hilarious because Australians are so brash. But she somehow managed to be like, "You're offensive," and banned me, which is I, I'm like the only one in Vancouver that had that. And um. I, I remember I had this idea for a sketch with her because she's known to, like, fuck a lot of the male comics. Yeah. I had an idea for a sketch where it's comedian casting couch. Oh. <laughs> and this is her sitting on the ca- – she did this. She did, like, interviews, and she was so, like, um, obsessed and narcissistic because she posts them on Facebook, interviews with new comedians, and be like, right now I'm interviewing Fortune Famester. Oh, welcome to the comedian um to the comedian couch. Yuck, yuck. So I was like, oh, my God, this is epic. Like, she could just do, like, a comedian casting couch. That's great. I'll, I'll uh, if you write that sketch, I will play that person. No problem. I will it's, lay out yeah, on that couch, and I will bring all the cute boys. Honestly, people – People have been like, wait, why do you keep Mutiny Radio going? And, you know, in the non-COVID times, it's because hot 26-year-old comedians come in here and stand on stage and I'm allowed to stare at them. You're literally asked to stare at comedians when they're on stage. I fucking love it. Oh, I get to stare at cute boys? Yay! Yay, my life. So. I Tam, it's great. You are you are the female Harvey Weinstein. You're you're, you're Harvina Weinstein. I prefer I prefer Mitzi Shore. Now Mitzi Shore did sleep with hot young comics. Uh, absolutely, she definitely did that. And God bless her. She's dead now, but oh, Mitzi, you're my idol. She didn't I, do. I know, I know that because I know a guy who is like Mitzi loved me. She put me on the wall at the comedy store. I'm like, this guy also has abs. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Show me your tummy, baby. Uh, I love, I love the the thing. I have a weakness with, for those ridges. You know those things, the guys with the. It's beneath the six pack, and it's those. Oh, things I know exactly what you're talking about. The that, V. Oh dear lord! Oh dear lord! It's so uncommon. That's I. Uh, 
I, it's if so any uncommon. boy gets on stage and scratches his tummy nonchalantly, like I'm hoping they're doing it on purpose just for me, because I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, I love you. I'm like, as it, I hung out with you that first night. I was like, this chick's great. She's 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 a dude. I'm a yeah. Oh, I hey, I'm a feminist. I say we get to objectify men equally. Women, everyone, oh, stop objectifying women. Why are you doing that? That's no. Feminism means we get to all be equal. No one's going to stop objectifying anybody. Let's all objectify equally. Also, I'm an old bitch. I love getting catcalled on the street. I love it. I love it. I know. I Pam, this is why you're great because you you have the same thoughts on this as me. I'm like, you know what? I've seen how you operate. You have young boys buying you drinks and you're fucking giving them stage time and making pat pot cookies. I'm like, this is what my life is aspiring to be. Hey, hey, I'm telling you, let's move to Mexico together. Let's get it done. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. It'll be like the Thelma and Louisa comedy. Hell yes. I, you know what it's like. We're okay. Here's the thing. You and I are like just comics we're not women comics we're just comics so dudes get to say ridiculous things all the time about their dick or about putting their dick places or about whatever but all of a sudden ladies get all up and say oh i'm gonna put my vagina wherever and people like oh oh, you're gross you're this you're that you're you're a racist you're a blah blah you're a homophobe you're and it's like i'm just being a comic like if any dude did what i did no one would blink an eye. In fact, no one would even notice because mm-hmm. they'd be part of the comedian fucking ocean of white guys with beards, you know, that just like pop their head out like, look, did you think this joke about Tinder was funny? And then I just want to be on the same playing level as those guys. And then all of a oh, sudden. I'm so, Pam, have you seen my, um, my, my Facebook lives? Because I literally did one and I said virtually exactly the same thing. Yeah. No, I did. I did a whole one walking around the parking lot, ranting about the fact that everyone loves Louis C.K.'s new special. Going, everyone thinks that I'm a racist, that I'm a sexist, that I'm a homophobe, that I'm a this, that I'm that. And you know what? My only problem is I don't have a dick between my pants. Between my pants. Exactly. That's all it is. Is that people don't want to hear this from women because we're supposed to be quiet and demure and accept things and be okay with the status quo. You know, just oh, I know, I know. Every single guy does this to me. I love this. You're a shock jock. Why are you so brash? You're so crass. I had a guy tell me you don't deserve princessing because you're so crass. And how can you say those things? I think you're just trying to be incendiary. Ooh, I like that word. What's princessing? Oh, you don't deserve to like have drinks bought for you or have someone like be like, oh, would you like this or hold the door for you or like you look pretty. You don't deserve any of that. You you don't come off across like you're enough of a ditz. So you have to be a ditz to be a princess. That's not fair. Or it's, it, guys are bothered by women that have anything to say. That's why they hate Hillary Clinton. Well, and princesses have a lot of power. If you think about it, like mythologically, the princess is the daughter of the king. So she has a lot of power. Like, why is being a princess a bad thing? Like, oh, it's it's not. This is the, I mean, this is the thing. Is like, I remember that whole advert? It was so stupidly feminist. I don't like the way that they've crushed women down to this 
this idea where we're either brash and we want to we want to be the ones that take charge or or we can be these perfect little princesses in all demure and it was like this ad where it was like sure. little girls wearing princess costumes like going like what's more brash a little girl who uh, looks like a princess saying the word fuck or the fact that like you know women earn less money than guys and guys are all sexist <laughs> and every woman's gonna get raped uh, hey i saw a little boy wearing a skirt yesterday walking by and i said hey I love your look, bro. You look like a wizard. And he was like, yeah. And he had a little pencil in his hand as a wand. But it was a boy. It was a four-year-old boy wearing a skirt in the city. And I was like, hell yeah, feminize it. Like, I... Oh, God, I don't know. I'm going to be on that counter side of that where it's like, if you don't want your son to turn out queer. (laughs) No, but I say, rather than put names on things, if a four-year-old boy wants to wear a skirt, let him wear a skirt. He's expressing himself. If that's something that he's gotten out of his four years of life on this planet, and he's like, I want to wear a skirt. Good, great, awesome, go for it. I, I'm going to give you a good counter to this. And I saw this in a meme, and I think it's so true. If it's racial appropriation or cultural appropriation for a white person to have dreadlocks, then is it sexual appropriation for a boy to wear a skirt? Ah, Excellent question. Well, now that's the thing is because gender is completely fluid, I say that gender shouldn't have like, you know, we've had these stringent ideas of what constitutes gender for so long. And I say break all that shit up. Like if boys want to wear skirts, it's just clothes. Like women. Now here's the thing. I, I would agree with this, but I also do like gender norms. <laughs> sure. I mean. That makes everyone feel comfortable, and but a hundred oh, no, years ago, feeling comfortable. I just like the fact that boys treat me like a girl. Oh, <laughs> see, I like it when I don't like it when guys treat me like a girl. I like it when guys treat me like a guy. Okay, no, no, I should I should rephrase that. I like it when buy, guys buy me drinks and like you know still treat me like one of the guys, but you know treat me a little bit better. <laughs> ah, okay, fair, fair, fair. Now I love. I love being one of the guys, and that's one of the things like I pride myself on, that I love hanging out with dudes. But I will say, once they start talking about crushing the puss, I get a little bit like, eh, do we have to talk about this right now? Like, you know what I think it is, and I stand by this, you're jealous, and I know that because that's me. Right, so it is a jealousy. It comes it comes from jealousy. Like, I'm not that's the one getting my pussy slammed. I know that because I feel the exact same way. Yeah, so I love hanging out, but then once they go, oh, she's just one of the guys, and then once they stop, like, sexualizing me, then I'm like, wait a minute, why did we stop sexualizing me? Like, <laughs> can't we go back? Can't we go and back to I where I was? I know, because I've hung out with you, and I've, like, I've seen this. I'm like, you are in the exact same bag as me. You're like, I want to be one of the boys. Yeah. Wait a minute. Now they're starting to talk about other girls. But what about me? But what about me? Yeah, because I, I am still a girl. Okay, so I have a buddy. I have a buddy who's a uh, she's a lesbian, and she has uh, like 11, 12 dicks, and they're not just for sex. She has a bunch of half chubs that she wears in her harness when she's going to like big important meetings because she's a big important photographer. So when she's going to like a really important photo shoot, shoot, she'll wear her half chub dick, so she feels like she's got the power. What do you think about that? that? I think she's mental. 
Um, I, is she is she a dyke or is she like I, I well you know what I don't give a fuck my friends are gay so I don't. no she's but super she, she's super dykey and she's awesome and she would accept that word as well. But I don't even understand how that's offensive. I do. I, this is the thing. Is like I'm like I've kissed girls, so does that make me gay? I'm like what the fuck. Well, I mean, it make it can make you gender fluid or definitely queer. Like I definitely identify as queer, but I don't outwardly. I do inwardly, but I don't outwardly because I don't want the gays to think I'm misappropriating their thing. Because this is the thing. There's no such thing as misappropriating. It's so stupid. Unless you disrespect someone because of what they do. This is. The, I, that's why I always quote Dave Chappelle. You know what? You don't have to hate someone because you disagree with their beliefs, and you don't have to agree with every single one of someone's beliefs you don't have to hate someone just because you say like you know if you say a derogatory term it doesn't mean that you hate that group or anything right but i think your friend's crazy (laughs) Uh, i mean i thought about she almost had me convinced i was like i should start wearing a half chub like just because it it would make me feel there is something about dicks like there's something about them Guys want to have theirs be bigger than other guys. Guys with small ones buy bigger cars. The people feel confident or not confident. And as women, we don't. We're not even in that game at all. So to even like put my dog in the fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but as a woman, I don't want guys looking at me being like, "She got a fucking dick." <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I guess. I should just go with metaphorically my balls are bigger than yours and not have any appendage. Hey, Pam, you don't have balls. You only have ovaries. You're not ballsy. You're over-easy. I'm over-easy. I'm over-easy. I'm, yeah, I'm, def- I'm, I'm over-being-easy. How about that? That's that's my go-to. I'm going to make that as, like, if I ever come out of comedian swag, I'm just going to put I'm not ballsy, I'm over-easy. That's good. And then you put two eggs on your titties. Yeah, because it's my <laughs> slogan. Pictures of eggs, like, right above your boobs with the little yolk. Yeah, no, that's my slogan. I came up with that shit. That's I great. It. You've got merch. Do the merch. Sell it in Mexico. Yeah, I need to. I'm like, but the thing is, I'm cut off from America anyway, so I'm like, what does it matter? I don't need merch. Ain't no one buying any of my stuff over here because Canadians hate comedy. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to organize that, um, that Mexico retreat. And, uh, si we'll, se puede. Si se puede. Que pasa en tus pantalones? Una fiesta, mis pantalones, todos vienen. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun time. Hopefully, we're able to travel in December because it would be perfect. And I really would. I mean, not that I want it to go like turn into a huge orgy, but I'm only gonna have hot people. All right. <laughs> <laughs> only hot comedians on our hot comedian retreat. All right. <laughs> oh my god, Pam, you know what the only problem with this is? You know what it's going to turn into? It's going to turn into you, like, me chewing all the boys and me being over there on the sidelines. Like, once again, I'm trapped with all the cute boys from San Francisco who didn't fuck me the first time. <laughs> well, in Mexico, all bets are off. I don't know about this Me Too. I wouldn't Me Too anybody. I'd be like, why not me? <laughs> that's that's my hashtag. Yeah, why not exactly. Me, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, let's wrangle all the boys. Just, like, get the really drunk and stoned. <laughs> done and done. Well, supposedly, if more than a 1,000 people died in San Francisco, we were going to have a big orgy here at uh, Mutiny Radio. But only 20 people have died in San Francisco, so no orgy. <laughs> it seemed 
crazy to you? I mean, like, the, I mean, okay, I, I came up with a dark joke that I posted as a meme yesterday or um, last night. Uh, can I just tell you it? Please. Um, so, Corona is arguably a worse tragedy for New York than 9-11. At least for 9-11, the burial was covered. <laughs> but it's true. Way more people, like 15, 16 times more people apparently have died because of this shit. But I'm like, where are all these people who have died? Yeah, where are they? I Like... Doesn't it seem weird that we don't just, like, know a dozen offhand, if it's that many? I mean, I don't live in America, to be fair, and I don't know that many Canadians. I, I don't know if the numbers are inflated or if – I don't know. At this point, I don't know what's real and what's not. I, my, my reality yeah. is so skewed by what's happening, by the information we get and don't get. Like, I don't subscribe to TV. I'm not paying attention to a lot of things. It's, I don't, I honestly feel like we're living in some kind of simulation, and I know that's not true either. It's just I'm high all the time, and I'm trying to, No, like, I know, well, I'm not high, but I know exactly what you mean, because my Facebook feed, look, it sounds terrible. Look, you watch news, and you got two sides. You got the Trevor Noah, stay inside, stay inside, you don't want to go outside, you know, like, um, you know, we need social distancing, Trump's a moron, all this shit. Yeah. Very valid. I mean, I came up with, like, a whole bunch of cute parody songs about this and about, like, how we need to, like, keep people locked up and everything. And I'm like, here's the thing, though. The other side is saying, but the numbers aren't that high. Why is it such, a, like, a low number that it's actually, like, affecting, apparently? And, like, I'm like, there seems to be two sides on this camp. And I'm like, what what's happening? Yeah, but what's well, real? Because yeah. some people are saying that they know people who have died. Other ones aren't. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It reminds me of, like, that whole debate about, like, were there even really planes in 9-11? Right, right. Yes. Oh, my God. Good question. I've seen all that stuff about, like, fake planes and controlled demolition. And there, there, something strange is afoot at the Circle K. Like, that stuff isn't – and that's the thing that makes me go, they've lied. And – They've lied to us so many times, right? Like, we know that 9-11 was kind of a lie. It might have been an inside job. There are a lot of things going on there. But we don't necessarily, we haven't come out and known that for sure. But we can go back to 1965 when uh, Robert McNamara got a fucking memo from Vietnam. And he was the Secretary of War or whatever. And it said, this is an unwinnable war. We cannot... Mm -hmm. We cannot win Vietnam. And they outlined everything. And it was in 1965 that they decided to triple, quadruple down. And they went from 20,000 enlisted people in Vietnam to 500,000 people. Wow. And they knew. And McNamara came out in 97 in a book. I read the book. And he said, the biggest mistake I ever made in my entire life was not paying attention and believing that memo in 1965 that it was an unwinnable war. So, and that, that the government lied to us. We know that lie is real now. Here's the thing. America, this is, a, I'm Canadian, so my whole reality is skewed. Canada is nothing but the gay little brother that manufactures everything for the United States and goes, oh, I don't really agree with what you're doing, but I'm just going to make Agent Orange for you in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. So I'm like, this this is the thing. So I've got like this. I don't. I don't know American politics that well. But then again, I'm smarter than ninety percent of your people, so it doesn't fucking matter anyway. Because your people don't know anything. Fair. <laughs> Absolutely fair. 
I, we're, I'm we're a history stupid. major, so I still know more about politics, and I still know more about America than the average American does, which really doesn't say much. Abs- well, no, I mean, you, you, there, the people who take the test to become American citizens know more about America than people that are American. I mean, oh, way ask, more. ask our president what the first four words of the Constitution, the first three we- words of the Constitution are. Ask our president. He can't tell you. It's we, the, we the, people? the people. I think he thinks it's I the person. But the first three words of our constitution. <laughs> I'm the king. Right? We the people. I, I bet if you asked him right now, 45, hey, Trumpster, what are the first three words of the constitution? He'd be like, go, I oh. think that's a really unfair question. Yeah, Why I mean, are you giving me such horrible questions? You're a terrible reporter. That's a, that's a, that's a tremendous question. That's a tremendous question. <sighs> I I know the answer. I uh, know the answer right now, but I'm just not going to tell you because Hillary. how dare you ad- ask me that question? I think you should ask Hillary. What was she doing during 9/11? What was she doing? <laughs> Her nails. I don't know. Does she have nice nails? Who knows? It's I, people. I, I I this is the thing, and uh, Kevin Quigley picked on me for this. Like he's like, you're watching um like you know alt alt like left kind of like you know like neoliberal or whatever propaganda. Because I watched the Hillary thing, the uh, documentary she had that was like self-made or whatever on Netflix. Yeah. But the thing is, all it did manage to prove to me, regardless of what any of one says, people are fucking sexist, and I stand by that because 100%. people hated on Hillary, and it does seem like because she was a brash female. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, so I learned in the 2016 elections, only some people hate black people, but everyone hates women. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's absolutely so true. They weren't going to, although she was, okay, so yeah, she lied, and maybe she wasn't the best person, but she was the most qualified person for the job. She was the goddamn Secretary of State. If anybody really, knows about politics. Look at her between her and Trump, it was such an easy choice because Trump is just a fucking belligerent asshole. Yeah, absolutely. But people love belligerent assholes when they're men. When they're women, they go, oh, what a cunt. And when they're a guy, they're like, wow, he is so strong. It's the same thing that um, the Facebook lady, she wrote a book called Lean In. And it was like, uh, she, uh, what was her name, Cheryl something. And it was, she was the Facebook lady. And she wrote a book called Lean In. And she talked about how when she was little, people labeled her as bossy. But when... In the 70s and 80s, when boys were little, they said they had great leadership skills. So it was so hard for her as a child when everyone was calling her bossy all the time. And they were telling all the boys, wow, what great leadership skills you have. And they would foster the boys' leadership skills. And they continue telling girls that they're bossy and that that's unattractive. I, this is the thing, as you've heard my jokes, so I do so many anti-feminist jokes, and here's the problem for me. I don't want to be on the other side, because I love men. I'm in the exact same boat as you are. Like, you have the same beliefs as me, and this is the thing. Like, I met you, and I automatically assumed I'm going to hate her guts. I met Jen Perez, and I assumed I'm going to fucking hate her. Because oh, every the best. time I meet Jen's a female, I'm in the same camp as every woman, which is... I have to dislike other females. We don't need men to tear us down. We're too busy tearing each other down because we see each other as competition. Yeah, and that's why the whole makeup industry exists. Because women are trying to look better than other women, not because of men. I don't know how much men care about, like, fucking eyelashes and shit like that. But girls sure seem to care. (laughs) It's it's true. It's true. I don't. I I I'm like women compliment me and I feel flattered. And then I'm like I don't. I don't know if they're trying to be nice or what it is. Women are catty. We're monsters. It's not. It's not me specifically. I don't dislike women. I feel like and this is so sexist, but it's so true. I know that my own perspective on any woman at any given point is she seems so nice. She's gonna change. 
She's going to change. She's going to do something that's bitchy. And then I think about it, and I start to think back at my own logic. How many times have guys who have seemed nice to me been exactly that, but I don't see it as being that because they don't have vaginas? Right. Yeah. But because but, then if, if a guy's nice to you, it's he's trying to get in your pants. Or what is his ulterior motive for being nice? Although I don't necessarily see it like that anymore, or I never really I, did, because I just hang I know out with that's guys. the thing is that like that's that was so, was so weird for me is like Sam and Nathan and everyone was so nice to me, and I was like, this is so weird, guys that aren't into me being nice to me, and I'm like, I've never, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to process it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, we're so there is no chance of sex on the table. We're still gonna be friends. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Really. Oh my gosh. I the real I mean, how many books have been written about it? Men and women, blah blah blah. We're all just people. I I mean, I don't get we we put ourselves into these roles and say here's what you're supposed to be, here's what I'm supposed to be. I I don't necessarily subscribe to it. I I did here's, for a long this, time. The problem though is that if you start bashing these boxes, then you start to get to that point where it's like guys no longer buy you drinks, guys no longer tell you you're pretty and I'm like we've We've just become so stringent on what all these rules and regu- regulations, but there shouldn't be any. I mean, I, I don't know. I, we haven't been in a bar in so long, but uh, I still get cat called on the street, and, and I actually I enjoy it. Um, makes me feel pretty, and I know that that's putting feminism back many years. But a gentleman said to me, I was walking down the street the other day, and he said, you look like you know something. And I was like, you got me. You fucking got me. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was the best cat call ever. Like, he complimented my looks, but he was complimenting my brain through my looks. I was like, I don't, I'm sorry, excuse that me, question like, I don't mean to tear down what you said. I just, if someone said you look like you know something, I look suspicious. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I mean, I've been, I've been chanting on the street, so not, I mean, chanting in my head, not like outwardly, but doing some mantras and shit like that. And so I sort of get into my head and I have these looks on my face that are sort of happy. And so, but I'm blankly staring at the universe and being happy as I'm moving through it. And so oftentimes people think that I'm looking at them. I'm not looking at anything. My focus is very glazed. I'm trying not to step in dog shit and run my mantra and walk somewhere at the same time. So I'm definitely not actually staring at people but I have this sort of soft focus and a lot of people see like a genuinely happy look on my face and that I'm staring in a direction and I think they think that I'm staring at them. And so I'm getting a lot of attention in that way, which is I weird. know exactly what you mean. And it's the power of positivity and it sounds so stupid, but when I was traveling, I always used to have guys drawn to me and it would always be, and not just guys, women. I, Rachel Pinson was like, you, you just look, look so like pretty and like, you're just like, this is the way you are. And I'm like, cause I go into places and I'm always smiling and it's because when I'm away and I'm traveling, usually people are nice to me when I'm doing comedy. And I usually have that last thought in my head of, Oh, this person was nice to me. So I kind of got this glazed like smile on my face. Yeah. And people misinterpret that as, you're staring at me and you must want to have sex with me or you want to talk to me on the street right now. And it's like, no, I'm just sort of in the afterglow of another moment. I'm sorry to like engage you. I didn't, didn't mean to engage you. 
Wow. No, I know exactly because I was that was my experience walking around San Francisco. That's why I'm madly in love with the place. I would walk around in the, in the Castro district, and some crazy fat lady who had flowers in her hair saw me wearing like a bow and like I was wearing like flower like um like tights and whatever. Actually, I didn't use me that day, and um and I just remember she was like, "Oh my God, I love the way you express your inner self." San Francisco, man. People will talk to you. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm in love with the place. It doesn't suck here. It's a beautiful day too. The the sky has been blue and perfect, and and I walked, and I mean, so this is the only scary thing that happened today. Was that? Mm-hmm. Well, it started. It's yesterday. A gentleman who's a neighbor came up to me because I. I'm here at the station. And he said, when are you bringing the comedy back? My God, we need comedy. And I said, well, we, we can't do it, you know, COVID, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, why don't you just do it on the street? We're all here. He's like, we can come out of our houses or we can listen from our windows. You can easily have your, he's like, you have a PA. I'm like, yeah. Was well, your neighbor going out to your shows? Well, no, they're not going out. They just walk by to the coffee shop or to the store or whatever. But people was walk by going? Mutiny all the time. Past tense, was he going to your shows at Mutiny? Oh, yes. He was coming in the past, yes. Okay. And so he was like, where's the comedy? And so he said, why don't you turn your PA out to the street and just do a comedy show? And I was like. I heard you saying that. I heard you saying that to Billy. Yeah. So I was like, holy fuck, man. Yeah. If the if the neighborhood is clamoring for it, let's fucking do it. Pam, I swear on my life, if there is a way to, tr- like, to like, you know, PA me in from Canada, I will do it. <laughs> I don't see why not. I can try to figure out the technology. It might be better on the. I have a. I don't see why it can't happen. Uh, but we're – so I'm going to figure this out for Friday at 7 o'clock. So I made the signs today. I took my two sandwich boards and I wrote on them, outdoor comedy, 424, 7 p.m., six feet apart, whatever. And one of the neighbors who kind of hates me – there's only one neighbor in our four-block radius that – Yeah, they're going to try and call the cops on you. Well, she took a picture of the sign, and I was like, is she going to fucking send that to the cop? But so – I sort of invite it. If if she took a picture and she wants to turn us in and the cops come here and say, what are you doing? I'll say, we're doing COVID comedy. We're doing it on it's the street. It's not even Our, illegal. It's not it's even not illegal. It's not illegal. This is the thing. They're making everyone into into an enemy. They're, 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 what is this doing? It's just, it's, um... It's it's like it's uh I'm trying to think what it is. It's like that, demonizing. That. Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy right now? It's yeah, but it's like that thing where people start turning in other people exactly like in 1984. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's like people are ratting on each other and stuff, and I'm like, that's fucked. Well, I, like, I, I that's I what it's like that, in my work. I hope that she doesn't. But if the cops do come here and say, "What are you doing?" I'll say, "We're doing COVID comedy. We've got our PA system. We're." sending it toward the street our quiet hours are 10 o'clock we have a entertainment license with the fucking city so we're allowed to do this it's during the middle of the day on a friday you can listen from your window you can come out of your front door and sit on your stoop it'll reverberate throughout this little block area we're going to be fine stand out here we're all going to be six feet apart but that one of the neighbors took a picture and i know she doesn't like me i'm like God damn it. Can I get some fucking 
So who doesn't want this? Who doesn't want to laugh on a Friday night at seven o'clock? Like Pam, it's a, it's. I mean, well, it's not even. It's you know what? That's really good. I like the idea of that. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same situation at my work. There's this little bitch who hates my guts, and she'll uh, sit there and and complain about me and get me fired and stuff. Uh-huh. And she's lower seniority than me, but it doesn't matter because you look happier and you got more of a life than them, so they go after you. Yeah. You, you know, that's, I just always have to remember there's, uh, I don't have time to fight evil because I only have time to do good. And if you have haters, that means that you're doing something right. And that's why I, I think totally you're agree. so great, Elizabeth Stanton, is you have so many haters. And but that's, no, it's a good thing. Here's the thing. I used to be a poet and being a poet is about taking words putting them on a page or expressing them in some way that people connect with a feeling that you want to portray through your words. Now you're portraying comedy, laughter, joy, wonderment, thinking about society, all kinds of things you're putting out through your words and through your performance. And when it touches people, that's good. And so for a lot of people, you're triggering them and that's great. That means that you fucking affected them. You affected them so much that they're willing to go out of their way to call you a racist and a hater and a homophobe. They're willing to stop their day to get on your page and yell at you and say you're a piece of shit. That means that they listened to what you said and it bothered them, which means you touched them. You didn't touch them in the way you wanted to touch them, but you still (laughs) fucking touched them. And that's big. I agree. Okay, I, I have I have two stances on that. I yes, I've been saying the same thing. Is all I want is to make people feel the same way Carlin did. I want people to think and feel. Yes. Here's my issue: is that it's not that people are listening to me. It's the people who aren't listening to me that are triggered. <laughs> it's not people who are listening to my jokes. It's people who are hearing backlash about me from other people, and then they go after me without ever having let my words affect them. Well, that makes no sense because then they know, then they then they're coming from a place of ignorance because they've never even listened to the goddamn joke, and that is pervasive in our society that people, in their ignorance, lash out against things they don't understand. That's exactly what I've been saying about this whole thing about people who are mad at like the the people who are like protesting, the people who are mad about this, the social justice warriors. All it is is that everyone's looking for a sense of control and vindication. Yes. Yes. They're not looking to hear what the other party has to say. This is the whole debate about, and Kevin picks on me for using the term SJW. He says it's right-wing propagandist term or whatever, and it sounds like you're a Trump supporter. Well, no, I don't have a better word for it. Someone that feels the need to be correct without listening to the other side. Well, that's it. That is called ignorance. That is that is keeping your blinders on and not having critical thought and not listening to the other side and not having a balanced view. And hearing all sides before making a, a logical decision. People aren't people aren't weighing what's really happening. They're just reacting. It's like, oh, I heard this. I'm reacting. I'm reacting. I'm reacting. And we can control our reactions if we have critical thought. And like, we take in things and then value it and come up with ideas of our own and then spit it back out. But those who aren't doing that, that are just reacting, how dare you? Fuck you. Oh, you think, fuck that. 
I've 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 written things also on Facebook that I wrote I wrote a thing about Stephen King's The Stand and how he was right and we're all in the stand times right now, and a lady got on my page and said, "Fuck you!" Just like everything else you say, this is completely uninformed and ridiculous, mm-hmm. and I'm like. The Stand was a novel written by Stephen King in 1989 that talks about the end times where everyone gets an illness and 7% of the people live and everything is broken down and they have to sort of like make society come back. How is that not sort of mirroring what's happening right now? Well, it's a way, like a way, like only 7% of people live. But aside from that, though, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, metaphorically, the story is what's happening sort of right now. But that this woman got so reactionary. Someone I don't even know. I'm like, are the, the trolls are coming out in, in Oh, force. Pam, don't worry about that. Look, you, I had a few thousand people react to the fact that I did a 9-11 comedy show, and I'm like, right now, over 16 times that many people have died of COVID, and I'm like, are you going to pick yeah. on my 9-11 jokes now? Well, why don't you take a look at the death stats? You're so funny. See, you're... <laughs> You've got like, you've got like a like a tap into what is actually happening right now. Like um, it's almost like the world that what's happening in the world is a body, and you're like the the catheter that's in there, and you get it. This is the thing: is I don't have any hate. I don't have any hate in me. I don't, this is the part that bothers me more than anything. I don't have any. I don't have a better term for it. These SJWs, these people who want to bash me, it doesn't matter if they're right wing, left wing, whatever the fuck they are. I hate people who bash me because I know that they're simpler than me. And I don't yeah. think that I'm smart. I've just had so much hate for something that I didn't kill anyone with. And I'm like, I did it over jokes. And I'm watching people go after each other for differences in opinion, and I just feel higher than all of it because I'm like, I have experienced hate over the most simple and arbitrary of things, and I'm watching the world fall apart over an actual tragedy, and people are still fighting each other. Yeah. And don't discount yourself. You're incredibly smart. You're like... Oh, thank you. You're, (laughs) I mean, you're clever as fuck and uh, really fast, and you write so many jokes. And that you're like so vigorously writing during these times and committed to your comedy and having so many jokes it's really impressive like thank you keep doing you know what you're doing you have a voice and you're important and fuck all the naysayers the more naysayers and non-believers in elizabeth stanton i say jump on board because it's that means that there are even more people that are listening to you and enjoy what you're saying. If you have, I I know every time every time these people go online and bash me, I'm like, I'm so glad you noticed. Next time, could you please post a billboard or make sure to post my handles? Exactly. Well, if you have, you got to understand that like, for every one hater, there's nine lovers, right? So every time, yeah, they don't come out though. But <laughs> lovers don't lovers don't come out and say like, "Gosh, I really love what you're saying. Wow, your joke really affected me positively." No one says that. They only come out when they want to say like, "You're anti-Semitic," and you're like, "I'm Jewish." But there, <laughs> there's <laughs> so true. For every ten, for every one hater, just keep that and ponder that in your heart. For every one hater, there's nine people that are loving what you're doing and glad that you're out there and that you're still doing your Instagram lives and that you're calling in and doing things and that are sad that you can't come back to the United States. I, I This is a problem. Is that, I mean, I, I feel like we all do this. Like, I, I see people who have 52,000 
Facebook or, or, or Insta followers, and they get so right. many likes and hearts and comments. And I post a fucking hilarious meme that if it was posted by any of those people would have like five thousand like you know likes on it. Yeah, and but so many comments. The, and darling, nobody does it. They're vapid as a pit of starfish. These are people that are vapid as a pit of starfish. They are anybody can be mediocre. Anybody, we can all champion mediocrity. We can do that right now. But I champion you because you are anything than mediocre. You are, Aww. there's, exactly, well, you're pushing the boundaries. You're being fucking edgy and you push the boundaries like all the time with everything. And that's, that's what comedy is supposed to do. We're not supposed to be safe and tell everybody what they fucking want to hear. That's not what it's about. We're supposed to be the eyes that see the truth were the Shakespearean fool, right? Like the only person who can tell the king that he's an asshole is the fucking fool because they're like, yeah, fuck that guy. But also they're telling the truth. So don't be mediocre. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is I, I, you must have that. I mean, no, you know what? People love you, so it doesn't matter. Well, do you, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to, I don't mean to like, I'm not like trying to pull you down or anything. I just mean like, people will always be like, yeah, Pam's great. She, you know, everything you say, like people are like, yeah, it's Pam. She's all for free speech and everything. But I'm like, I say something and I'm like, then people pick on it. And I go, well, I'm just trying to be like, um, Carlin or Jesselnik. And they go, oh, you think you're as good as Louis C.K. or Carlin or Jesselnik or all these other people? And I'm like, yeah, well. Why? Yeah. Why? why yeah. Why I'm not? not as good? Why are you tearing me down and saying you're not as good? You don't think I'm as good? That's good for you. You know what? I'm not saying that I'm as polished as them, but I have just as much of a voice. And the only problem is that I have a vagina and I'm not famous. Yeah, you're you're, you're very pretty. Um, Thank but you. you're you're only and you're only 27 and you are smart and you do have. I just say keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. I'm so I'm jealous of you because you found comedy. When I didn't find comedy till I was 36. That was the first time I ever did stand-up. So I, I'm so jealous of all the kids that are 21, 23, 24, 27, even 30 that started comedy now. Because, like, all those years I didn't have the ability to hone my craft because I just wasn't in the media, in that particular medium. And that you're 27 and you're so good at it. It's like oh, what what you. you're going to be in 10 years is George Carlin. Because you think that in the beginning he was like people wanted to – same thing with Bill Hicks. He was 15 years old and he's at comedy clubs. And people are like, who's this fucking young kid talking about the world? I mean it just <laughs> – it takes the time, is, and I stand. I stand by this. I don't. I don't think this is me being cocky. I think my points are just as valid. I think my 100%. views are probably like a little bit less expressed, while but they're just as intelligent as the things that those people were saying. And the only difference is that I'm not famous, and people don't respect me. Ah, uh, we're speaking. We're on the same. I get so angry. Nothing made me more angry than the movie Sausage Party because it was a bunch of rich people that were already rich that did a stupid, stupid screenplay that didn't even – it's musical yep. and it's terrible. And they they rhymed fuck with fuck in the first opening song. And I'm like, you basic bitches. And they, had, <laughs> and they got $19 million to make this piece of shit film with everyone in it, and it was a pile of dog shit. And it yep, still it made tons of money. And it was mediocre, and it was dumb. And I was like, if you – gave a million dollars to 19 young filmmakers we could have had 19 amazing films and instead we have one pile of mediocre dog shit that everyone keeps saying is great and why because rich people made it oh is norm mcdonald doing something new again 
He's a guy with money oh who God. isn't that funny that everybody loves. Why do we Thank all you. love Norm MacDonald? Why do we keep giving this asshole money? Why not give money to young people who are just... Why not give money to Elizabeth Stanton? She is 15 no. times funnier than Norm MacDonald. And people are going to be like, oh, you have all that. I think you're funnier than Norm MacDonald. I'll I say it out loud. So I'll much, say it Pam. right now. Pam, this is why I always say this, and it's why people don't understand it, why I'm like, why they're like, you're so negative towards Canada. Why are you so negative towards every scene? I gush over your scene so much because this is what I felt when I was over there. It's you, and it's so many people who are actually in it, and they're creating really smart, original fucking content, and everywhere I look, it's people sitting there going, did you see the new Doug Stanhope? Did you see the new... I'm like, you know what? They're all fucking old hacks who can sit there and go out and watch us young people do incredible new original material, and they just have people fucking sitting there rubbing their asses over at the comedy store going, you're so good, you're so good. You know what? They're not fucking good. They're not original. They're overacting. Agreed. Dude, whenever... Okay, this is the prime example. Madonna put out a children's book. Pile of dog shit. Bestseller. Madonna. Of course. Why is Madonna's children's book a bestseller? Because she's fucking Madonna. If any other person would have put out that children's book, there are tons of people who have children's books that are trying to get published and things and stuff, but it doesn't... Nothing happens because they're not already famous. Once you have all the connections and you're already famous, you could shit in a bag and people will buy it. Like metaphorically and for real. That's literally what they do. Exactly. I mean, I don't know why fucking Tom Brady isn't jizzing into bags and sending them all over the United States right now. Because that guy's sperm is really great. I guess, like, the next president could be in that ball sack. But why all of when famous people they, they're like oh look that fucking stupid thing where they're like we're raising money for comics I'm not gonna see any of that money even though I applied for it oh we're doing a big zoom with all these famous people it's the same mm-hmm. thing as we're doing on a Friday night with our fucking zooms it's just famous people and everyone's like you're famous you already let me jack off to you in your house or I just it makes me it makes me so crazy what we decide as a people to champion and that so there are true. so many talented people that don't get championed. This is the thing. There will be so many artists who are so, so unnoticed. Like, I hate to be that cocky person and everyone's going to fucking bash me for saying it. I think I have better material that nobody will ever pay attention to things that if somebody if Jesselnick said any of my jokes he wouldn't have to change a word said them and delivered them identical people would go that's the funniest most polished fucking thing but it's Elizabeth Stanton and nobody gives a fuck it's Pam Benjamin and nobody gives a fuck I I agree with you you're you're a really good writer and you write really good one-liners and you write great one-liners actually and you write a lot of them like you think about it and you're doing it and maybe, maybe that's a thing to look into. Maybe you can, like, start sending jokes to The Daily Show or to Noah Trevor or to Trevor Noah, yeah. Trevor I, I, Noah I mean, thinking or to that nobody, Jesselnick nobody or whoever. Nobody notice, but I'm like, my, think about how many Jewish writers, think about how many people are working in the back scenes of The Daily Show, yeah, of yeah, SNL, yeah. all these things, way more talented, way more creative, probably better at delivery, even better looking, but they weren't the ones that were noticed. Right. But you're really pretty, so I don't... You know what? Also, you're only 27. Just keep doing it. Like, 
You're no, incredibly... I'm already over the hill. You know what Whitney Cummings said that she said I was too old ten years ago and she's thirty five. Oh, that's terrible because I'm forty five. I've never nothing's ever going to happen to me. But you still but things can happen to you. You're twenty seven. You're really pretty. You're incredibly outspoken, and you're a really good writer. And you you're really diligent and focused on your material, and it's great. And you're and you're you're just so passionate about what you're doing. It's it's all a hundred percent. I'm a hundred. I'm a. I'm a huge. We, if you make T-shirts, I'll buy one. Like, <laughs> oh, I love you, Tammy. I'm a Lizzie Stanton supporter here. Like, I, we'll sell them here. I'll be like, do you know Lizzie Stanton? She calls in all the time. <laughs> She's just Canadian. You, Dad, we love her. We'll make a petition. We're like, America, you gotta let Lizzie Stanton back in. She's performing at Mutiny Radio. It's just like it's like let's do like the Lizzie Stanton to tell us on like like this like we really want this girl to come back like why why are you so keen on her she's so nobody even knows who she is that's the problem that's the problem we need to know who she is Lizzie Stanton Lizzie Stanton are you going by Elizabeth or Lizzie I like Lizzie better just as a thing you're welcome to use Lizzie I mean I go by Elizabeth usually the thing is that I I always let friends call me Lizzie and oh, I kind of okay. I always think it's cute so it's, it is it's cute. All right, we're coming Here's up the here. Here's the problem. I don't want it to become cheap where everyone calls me Lizzie. Oh, okay, yeah, don't make it cheap. Yeah, I, you, you, you know what I mean? I'm like, if the public starts calling me Lizzie, it makes me like Jimmy Carr. I'd rather, like, friends call me Lizzie and, like, that's what my friends call me, you no, 